In today's Live Treasured podcast, the victory that happens through spirit-led surrender. Ready? Let's do this. Amazing women out there. This is Eileen Thompson. I'm founder of Treasured Ministries, and you're listening to the Live Treasured podcast, where we teach you those timeless biblical truths that can heal soul hearts. And if this is your first time listening to us, I want to say a big welcome to you. We've been walking through this podcast series entitled Lasting Transformation. And if you want to listen to uh, the first three episodes, just go to iTunes or wherever it is that you uh, listen to your podcast and subscribe to us. We've been talking about lasting transformation because it's a topic that I'm truly passionate about. And that's because for years, I was on this chase for inner healing. I wanted to stop just exploring my spiritual inheritance in Christ that I was reading about inside a Bible study, and I wanted to experience it. And so I set out on this journey. I bought tons and tons of Christian books that promised me an instant fix, how to get rid of anxiety, take these three steps, um, all manner of things, stop people-pleasing. And the books were, I believe, helpful in some way, but the truth remained that unless I connected to the healer, I would continue to search for healings that I didn't need to read more words. I needed God's word to reach my soul. And so in our first episode, we talked about how we've been conditioned to think that, you know, uh, healing inside of our life, uh, especially inside of our character and the fruit of the spirit, that that's supposed to happen in an instant. And then when it doesn't, we think, well, there must be something wrong with me. We talked about our fascination with the instant fix and how there's lots of faults in that. And then we moved on to how human nature just loves a formula and a plan to follow, uh, but that that's just not God's way. And that if you look in the Bible, you see when Jesus healed people, he gave them different steps to follow. He told one person to put mud on his eyes. He told another to pick up his mat and walk. And just imagine if the man who was told to pick up his mat and walk wrote a book on that and five steps for how to pick up your mat and walk and how this is going to cure whatever it is that is going on inside of your life. Can you see where uh, there was frustration inside of my life because I was chasing and trying to follow uh, somebody else's formula? And whenever that happens, we are not resting in the power of the Holy Spirit. We are relying on an outward plan. And when that happens, you will always have to use your willpower to follow it. And the problem with that is that you have limited power, baby. You have limited power. And a lot of times we reach this point of frustration, and the reason we're frustrated is because we're trying to fix our flesh. 
And the gospel says, you know what? The power to change comes through something called sanctification, much in the way you trusted Christ for your salvation by hearing the word and believing and receiving it. The same is true for sanctification. The difference is, is that sanctification is a lifetime process and that there is still effort But we have to place that effort in the right direction that oftentimes we go after this behavior modification. But Jesus wants to give us real righteousness, that which flows from within. When you read in uh, Matthew, starting in chapter 5, which which starts with uh, that Sermon on the Mount, when you read through that, that's actually what I'm diving to currently inside of my quiet time, what you see is this consistent um, comparison and teaching that Jesus is, is trying to bring where he is ushering in this inner righteousness. It's greater than the righteousness the Pharisees or any other person could ever produce. And so how do we do that? Because the truth of the matter is, is that it still requires effort, but it's just effort in the right direction. It's effort in the right direction. And it's not behavior modification. It is this inner transformation. Jesus wants to transform you from the inside out. So last week, what we talked about was the power of setting our mind on the spirit and letting God govern our life. And I went into the practice of biblical meditation. That has been life changing for me. So I want to invite you to listen to that podcast if you haven't. Today, um, I want to talk about becoming battle ready um, and then also sensitivity and surrender to the Holy Spirit because that is where the the healing comes in. And so we've, we've talked about setting our mind. And one of the things, the first point of what I want to talk to you about today is that when you make it a regular practice to renew your mind on the Word of God, one of the biggest benefits is that you become battle ready, baby. Now, you need to understand that when you signed up to be a Christian, when you said, I want to receive Jesus as my Savior, and you started to follow him, do you know a battle began? A battle began for your heart. You know, where would you follow? Would you follow God? The battle began. If you open up Mark chapter one and you look inside of that gospel, what we see is that immediately after Jesus was baptized, there was a battle. The enemy came to tempt him. Now, baptism is an outward sign of that inner transformation inside of our life. And the Bible talks about how it's the cutting away of the old self so that Christ can come in. And what I want you to see is that after baptism, there was battle. And we need to understand, you know, the Bible talks about the fact that you and I are like soldiers that we're in 
that we're in this war, that Jesus is fighting for us, but there is an enemy that wants, he doesn't want you to experience the fruit. He doesn't want you to experience inner healing. And so we need to understand that after we receive Christ, man, the battle begins. The battle begins. And you can, and that is why you must set your mind on the word of God using that practice of renewing the mind. God's prescription is biblical meditation, filling your mind with truth. And in my opinion, it's not memorizing 10 scriptures that somebody gave you. It is you know, using a process, we call it inside of Treasure Ministries, the process we teach is called anchoring the truth. And it is understanding, letting God reveal a truth to you, and then meditating on that truth uh, throughout the week. Um, But what will happen is um, the enemy will come to attack. And also, um, in, in Mark chapter 1, I said, after the baptism, there's the battle. The Gospels of Matthew and Luke give us more detail inside of that battle when Jesus was tempted. And we see that the way that Jesus handled the temptation was to, and the, the accusations and the attacks from the enemy was to speak the word of God back to the enemy. Now, you know what? Jesus lives within you, right? You've got that Holy Spirit within you, and Jesus is moving you from glory to glory. And if the enemy came and tempted Jesus and attacked him, do we really think it's not going to happen to us? And one of the benefits of setting your mind is that not only is that God's prescription for the transformation, because our thinking affects our actions, but it also prepares you to become battle ready. And like I said last time, we talk a lot about Bible study, but not so much about renewing the mind. And In Ephesians, when it's talking about the armor of God, it says the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It says, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, that's the only offensive piece in the armor of God. And I have a question for you. You know, when you get attacked, you can't just go run to your Bible. It has to be the word needs to come to a place where it's on your lips. It's hidden in your heart. And see, here's the really beautiful thing about making room for the Holy Spirit to speak, about letting God identify for you which verses to meditate on, is that God knows, right? He, the Bible says he's the commander of the Lord's army. Now, if I'm a commander inside of the army, you know what? I want my soldiers to have the the best artillery that they can. And not only that, I want to give them exactly the artillery that they need for the specific battle. And that is what God will do for you. So the first point of today is understand that after baptism, there is always battle. And 
there will always be battle. And when you choose to set your mind, to let your mind be governed by the Spirit, we talked about this last week, it equips you to become battle ready. But make sure that when you are renewing your mind, uh, that you are letting the Holy Spirit guide that also so that God can give you the artillery that you need. Okay, so that's the next thing. You've got to become battle ready and then you need to start speaking the word. And also this, can I just say this? A lot of people feel so defeated when they get attacked. They feel so defeated and they wonder, like I did, like like I was like, what's wrong with me? You know, I'm not supposed to be angry anymore. I'm not supposed to be jealous anymore. I'm not supposed to have anxiety anymore. But here's, here's the deal, right? What if we saw the battle different? What if we saw the battle as evidence of our conversion? We talked about that last week. So don't get defeated Just take out your sword and the word of God. This is one of the most powerful principles. The word works. You've got to speak it out loud. And in order to take the sword of the spirit with you, it needs to be hidden in your heart. All right. So that's the first point of today. The next thing is that we all need to become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Um, so Galatians uh, 2.20 says this, My old self has been crucified. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting the Son of God who loved himself and gave himself for me. Um, Romans 7.6 says this, But now we've been released from the law, for we died to it, and are no longer captive to its power. Now we serve God, not in the old way of obeying the law, but now in the new way of living by the Spirit. And so, see, the Spirit has to to be our leader. And in order to follow a leader, you've got to be sensitive to how he is Uh, leading you. Galatians 5 verse 16 says this, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions, but when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Now, what are all these verses basically saying? Well, the first thing that I do want you to see is, and this is all throughout Romans Everywhere in the Bible to, you know, we we are free from the penalty of sin when we receive Christ. That our righteousness is in Christ alone. So now I'm not trying to keep the law anymore to please God 
or to get rid of my shame. No, I'm serving God, but my the righteousness, that piece has been taken off the table. That's really, in other words, that's been satisfied. That's a done deal. But now I have the Holy Spirit living within me. And so now I serve God, not by trying to keep the law, but by living by the Spirit. And how do we do that? We let the Holy Spirit be our guide. And that word says, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living by the Spirit. Now, it's not that the law goes off the table or that the law is bad. The Bible says that the law is holy. The Bible tells us that the law gives liberty. It is the methodology. How am I doing this, right? It's that moving from the outward formula and plan to setting my mind on the Spirit, becoming sensitive about the Holy Spirit's leading inside of my life. And then the third thing is surrendering to the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to give you just a few um, ways that I've seen inside of my own life how you can become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I think a lot of times, you know, the question comes, uh, like, how do I know if I'm hearing from God? How do I know it's a spirit? And so the first thing that I want to say is you've got to be in the word, not just sometimes, not just on Sundays, but every single day, you've got to be in the word and you've got to be in the word with an approach that makes room for the Holy Spirit to speak. In other words, you have to come with the mindset of relationship versus following the rules. You have to come to the Lord and say, God, speak to me through his word. And if you're like, I have no idea how to do this. You know, I, I'm not sure. I've been studying the Bible for years and I, I'm not like translating with what you're saying. It's, it's my duty. I do it but I don't know if I hear from God. This is exactly what we teach inside of our 21-day challenge inside of the treasured tribe. And you don't need that. You can open up a Bible and have this for yourself. But if you want a framework and a structure to follow, I invite you to go to the treasured tribe and sign up. All right, so you've got to be in the Word in a way that approaches the Bible not to find out Everything that, you know, all the rules, but the relationship. God, what do you want to speak to me today? What is my word for today? I tell people all the time, you know what is powerful in our life? Not knowing it all and doing it all, but listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And if you hear God and put faith to that word and action, you know, The Bible tells us to walk by faith. That's an action. When we do that, that is how we live by the Spirit. It's sort of like there's a rhythm. You know, there's what is moving us, what is drawing us, what is guiding our life. And, you know, I'll give you my own example for years. What guided my life was pleasing other people. 
It was um, being responsible for other people's emotions. It was um, uh, performing and volunteering a lot so that other people would think well of me. That was the driving force. And now, praise God that he's breaking me free from codependency. Now, I live through God dependency, or I should say, I seek to every day. That is my goal. Do I mess up? Yeah. And we're going to talk about mess ups next week. I don't get it right every time, but now that is my heart. It is my driving force. And, you know, I want to always fall back on that. And so, um, so along that line, um, we've got to put ourselves in an environment where we're hearing from the Holy Spirit. And it's not just reading your Bible every day. You know, being around other believers, going to church, all of this. Um, fellowship with other believers when you're helping others, especially those that are close to the heart of God. All of these things, they are ways that we put ourselves in an environment where we can hear from God. And the other part of that too is that you've got to rest. You've got to take time to rest. And you know, the Bible says a lot. Uh, when you look inside of the Gospels, what we see is that Jesus healed um, on the Sabbath. He healed on the Sabbath. And I think there's principle in that, that when we rest to receive from God, that's when healing happens. But we live in this noisy world and we turn on the TV at night. We, you know, just veg out and so we've got to make room to rest and hear from God. And I'm not talking about vacation. I'm not talking about any of those things. This is, you can do this right at your home, but you have to make room to rest. You know, back in uh, Old Testament times when God created uh, the nation um, of, of his Jewish people, he also cultivated this beautiful rhythm of rest in their culture. Every week, they would have Sabbath rest. And not just in their week, look at the annual festivals. So at different times during the year, there were times set aside to rest and reflect and remember and celebrate God. And then in addition to that, um, just even in the day with God creating light and darkness with the sun, that he weaved it into their day, into their week, into their yearly festivals. Now, here's here's the thing. Back then, everybody was doing it, right? Like the whole Israelite uh, you know, nation, everybody um, celebrated the Sabbath and rested Everybody celebrated Passover. Everybody celebrated Shavuot. All these, all these Jewish um, annual festivals where there was time set aside to carve out and reflect, remember about God's goodness in our life, to hear the word of the Lord, to worship with others. So that was all carved into their culture. And I want you to think about Christmas Day, right? 
Christmas Day, the shops are closed, everything is closed down, and it's easier to rest. I say that. I mean, if you're a young mom out there, I hope I didn't just insult you. Because I, I mean, I know, listen, I know Christmas is like, it's a lot on you. But you get my point. Or think about, I live in North Carolina, so when we have snow days, the everything shuts down. We're just not prepared to handle all of that. And because everybody is resting, it's easier for you to rest. Well, you know, we don't live in that culture anymore. We live in a culture of crazy, where everybody has crazy calendars and you know, I open up my email and there's all these distractions and opportunities and, you know, I can turn on the TV at night and I can watch whatever I want to. I mean, just distractions galore. And so you will have to push against the tide of our culture. And it's not easy. It is not easy to rest. You know, but sometimes when when I get in that place, for example, where you know, the joy is gone and the anxiousness comes in. I know that I need to pull back and and hear from God. And I will carve out that time in my day to do that because I know that that is where the freedom comes. That's where the healing comes. And if I'm not experiencing joy in my life, if I'm not experiencing those things, then there's a problem. And it could be that the Holy Spirit wants to convict me, that there's sin in my life that I don't see, you know, whatever it may be. But I've got to pause, right, and pull back and hear from God. And he's always so ready to speak to us, so ready. Um, So you've got to make room. You've got to put yourself in the word, um, doing things like going to church, being in small group with one another, being around other believers, that's putting ourselves in a place where we can um, keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And another thing is that you've got to watch out. You've got to watch out for idols inside of your life. I mentioned before in our podcast that the guiding force in my life was uh, was pleasing others. It was, um, so there was a lot of guilt that drove me, um, all of those sorts of things. And the change happened in my life when I confessed and realized that it was an idol. And I think one of the most powerful things that we can do to become sensitive to the Holy Spirit is to ask the Lord to reveal what are the idols, right? I mean, if the Bible tells us to let our lives, right, be guided by Guilt. No, that's not what it says. Let our lives be guided by the Holy Spirit. That means I put God first. I go to Him first. By the way, the other thing that I'm noticing as I'm inside of the Gospel of Matthew and looking at the um, the Sermon on the Mount is that a lot of these Pharisees you know, a lot of, or excuse me, a lot of the teaching that Jesus did, he talked about the fact that when you're, when you've got this external righteousness, this behavior modification, my efforts, my righteousness, my rules, what I'm doing to serve God, a lot of times Jesus equates that with pleasing man and being worried about what man thinks. 
you know, I have shed tear. I will never forget. I used to think, oh, people pleasing. I'm a people pleaser. And let me read all these books on people pleasing. But I'm telling you where the change happened. The change happened when I saw that I was signing my life over and giving other people telling me the right what to do and that the free will that God has given me, it is a gift. And he is the only person worthy of that. You've got to put God first. What is guiding your life? Um, And then the next part of that, we talked about setting your mind, becoming battle ready like a soldier, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Then there's one more part. You must surrender. You must surrender. You know, I'll never forget um, being, you know, just in the word and, you know, telling my friend, oh, God spoke this to me today and I found out this really cool verse and blah, blah, blah. I'll never forget the Lord really impressing upon my heart and saying, Eileen, you sit around in your small groups and with your Christian friends and you're talking about, you know, all these things that I'm speaking to you inside of the word and how I'm revealing truth to you inside of the world, inside of the word. But let me tell you something. Holy Spirit, revelation without application is only information. There is no transformation. And that is the truth. You know, I'm reading this really great book written by Elizabeth Elliot. It's called Joyful Surrender. And she talks about the fact that God has given us free will to choose him. That he doesn't, you know, make us follow him. Um, And a lot of times, can I just be real with you? You're not like if the Holy Spirit prompts you to do something. Sometimes you may not have this overwhelming desire to do it. And a lot of us can use that excuse. I'm just, you know, God help me. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for you to just make me feel like I can do this. You know, if that happened, that would take out our participation in the sanctification process. And the reason why God doesn't make us robots like that is because then we would be surrendering not on our own, you know, choice, but out of coercion. And that is not love. Love always invites. Love always gives a choice. Do you see how it couldn't be that way? That God has to give us freedom and a part of freedom is that we have to choose, and we have to choose him. But here's what I can tell you, that in the little decisions and in the big ones, like even in the little teeny steps that the Holy Spirit prompts you to take, when you take the step, the power of God will be there. When you combine that word, with faith, 
that produces actions. James 2 tells us that faith without actions is dead, right? When you combine it, when you trust God, when you stand on that word and take that step, and I'm not kidding you, it can be even in the littlest of things. My experience has been that the power of God is there to meet me. And see, that's the difference between reading a Christian book with a list of rules and a list of steps for you to take you will have to muster up your willpower. If I am following the promptings of the Holy Spirit, God's power is right there for me. It happens all the time. All the time. Now, before I make that choice, sometimes it can be like painful. Can I just be honest with you? And you know... Can I just tell you, I'm glad God is honest with us. Like, I'm glad that Romans 8 talks about sometimes that we have to suffer. Especially when God is doing a new work inside of your life. When you first choose to follow the Holy Spirit in the area that of a prompting that maybe, like, I mean, you know, like, just maybe God is pointing out a place of comfort you used to run to. And maybe he's calling you to come to him. When you first do it, it is going to be painful and hard. Because you're crucifying. You are walking away from your flesh. And you are choosing Jesus. But it is like so amazing. You know, there's when you once you make that choice, You know it's there, godly girl power. We talk about this inside the treasure tribe all the time, that there's worldly power, and then there's godly girl power, which is God's all-surpassing power. And the Bible says that when we turn to the Lord and when we follow him, the word promises that God's power will be there. And the more that you choose to surrender to the Holy Spirit, like maybe in one area where he's, he's showing you, the more... And more, you will rise up and the old will fall away. But here's the thing. And we talked about this um, inside of the first podcast that I did on lasting transformation. It is about daily dependence. The moment you think, I've arrived, I've kicked it, here I go. The moment you think that, watch out. We were designed for dependence upon God. And all I have to say to that is hallelujah and praise God because living in dependence upon the Lord is so beautiful. In fact, I love that more. I love my intimacy with God more than I love like, I don't know, like the inner healing or whatever it is that, you know, I'm working on with the Lord. Do you? I mean, that is the greater prize. And yes, I want to throw off old sin habits and I want to walk anew. But you know what's even better? It is intimacy with God. And because God is a loving God, he is not going to make you do it. He is, you know, sometimes that desire is just not going to be there. And you know the enemy's going to be there tempting you the other way. You also know, too, 
that your flesh is going to be freaking out. A lot of times when our flesh freaks out and is like, what are you doing? A lot of times it is ways that we marinated in growing up. You know, it just becomes such a part of our makeup. The way that we were raised, we have this mindset. It becomes like this subconscious rhythm inside of our life. So when you first start to change directions by the prompting of the Holy Spirit, it is going to feel weird. It is going, and and you need to watch for the enemy stealing your joy. You know, for example, for me, I never felt like I could set boundaries with people. I feel like when I just say that, it's like I'm playing a major victim card. But do you know what I mean? I mean, I just lived under that burden. And when I began to say, okay, you know who's going to guide my calendar? It's God. You know who's going to set what I do during the day? I'm going to serve him. And sometimes that means that I'm serving others and doing things for others, but God is first, right? But when I started doing that, it meant saying no to people. And that felt really weird. It felt like I was doing something wrong, but it, it was false guilt. And the more that I got grounded in the word, do you know how much confidence that brings? It brings so much confidence. Um, I want to read to you this quote from Elizabeth Elliot's uh, book. So good. Next to the incarnation, I know of no more staggering and humbling truth than that a sovereign God has ordained my participation. This is the order of the universe. Every creature is given its rightful place, each contributing its part to the whole, man among them. Yet man is unique in having been charged with tremendous liberty. The farmer made up his own mind to plant wheat. The field would not have been there if he would have not made the decision and done the prestigious amount of work necessary to produce a shimmering crop. Neither would it have been there if God had not provided the earth in the first place and commanded the sun to shine and the rain to fall. We have said that Christian's discipline is one wholehearted yes to the call of God. It is the highest importance that we understand the necessary of the two wills, the one created by the other and ordained free, both operating in accord. And so God has arranged things in such a way that his own action is coupled with the action of men. And that is our place of surrender. And aren't you so blown away that we serve a God that gives us, is still sovereign, but gives us that dignity of choice. And to me, that matters. That's important to me because Now, when I surrender to God, I'm doing it willingly. I'm not doing it because, you know, if I don't do this, then I 
don't have righteousness, right? Christ has already given us. He set us free from that. So now the obedience comes out of love. Galatians 5 talks about the only thing that matters now is faith expressing itself in love. You know, the Bible also says that when we are obedient to God, to his commands, it's how we love him. We love him. And really, unless that is my motive for being obedient to God, I mean, really, if it's anything else, it's not going to last. Because when you surrender to the Holy Spirit, a lot of times there is sacrifice. Sometimes it's not easy, right? But if you know that God is on your side, and if you know that he has the best in mind for you, and if you are blown away, blessed by the fact that he has given you your inheritance. He has given you his righteousness. The response is love through action. Love is an action. You know, today is Valentine's Day and, um, my husband gave me, he, he gave me flowers, but he put them in a rose, um, oh, now I forgot what it was called, rose carrier. Anyway, I love to work in my yard. And you know what I love about that is that my husband didn't just say, I love you. He really thought through his actions and he did all these things out of love for me. And we can do the same thing for the Lord. And it's a big difference between living under the law. Now you might be saying to yourself, well, what happens like when I mess up as I'm following the Holy Spirit? You know, that happens a lot. And what I'm going to do next week is inside the podcast, I'm going to talk about the power of personal responsibility. And I'm also going to share with you one area of my life that the Holy Spirit, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm like in Holy Spirit school, like teaching me about anger and how the transformation process that God is bringing me on to change. And then after next week, we're going to wrap up our series on lasting transformation. I love this topic because for years I missed it. And it is a joy to come on and to teach you every week what God has shown me. Hey, I hope that you have a great week. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I would love it if you would go on iTunes and write us a review or give us a rating. It's a great way that you can help us to expand our reach and reach more women with God's healing truth found inside of his word. Have a great day. Bye-bye.